CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. Welcome back to another episode of On a Mother Level. I'm so glad to bring you this episode today because it's a bit of a combo. The conversation with my friend Sarah starts out very light. We talk about the boutique that she owns in Leclerc. It's called Bamboo Baby Boutique. If you haven't checked it out yet, you're going to hear a lot about how it got started and how she has evolved as a business owner. But the real reason I wanted to have her on is because she is so um, honest and willing to talk to us about getting pregnant with her third child after having suffered a loss, having suffered a miscarriage. And it was a little more complicated in that it ended up being what's called a molar pregnancy. And so she explains what that means and how it led to some other health complications for her. And miscarriage and pregnancy loss is a topic we haven't talked about much on this podcast. It's something I've never experienced, but I know it's something that has happened to thousands and millions of women out there. And so many of my listeners I know have dealt with the loss of a baby early on in a pregnancy. And so I think Sarah is the perfect person to talk about it because she is um, now anxiously waiting her, her third baby. And so the story has a happy ending. And I know for many of you, it also has a happy ending in some ways, but there's still a lot of questions for her and a lot of thoughts and feelings that she has about the baby that she lost. So her conversation and um, her honesty is so appreciated. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you relate to Sarah and some of her experiences. So send her a little bit of love in the reviews and make sure to tell a friend that On a Mother Level is a podcast produced in the Quad Cities and um, we hope that you can relate to some of the stories that you hear here. So here is Sarah, and this is On a Mother Level. Hey, everybody, it's On a Mother Level. I'm Denise Hanitka, back with another episode today, and I'm joined by Sarah Sampson, owner of the Bamboo Baby Boutique in LeClaire. Sarah, thanks for being with me today. I'm glad to have <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> glad to have me. <laughs> we are glad to have you. Um, so Sarah is um mom of two pregnant with a third so right now you're rocking the boy mom two boy life yes do you know what you're having yet no we find out in a couple weeks oh my gosh i know how do you feel about this finding out yeah it's like kind of one of those things it's like it's either gonna be just boys for life Mm -hmm. or there's gonna be a new little princess in town (laughs) so i mean do you do you legitimately have any preference no do your boys have a preference yes big preference they want another boy absolutely they They don't want anything to do with a girl (laughs) (laughs) and we keep telling we keep like just we're starting the conversations like you do know that there's a chance 
that you could have a little sister. It will be so fun and trying to butter it up and this and that. And no, they're not buying. What you're My selling. husband will say, but you got to protect her and you've got to, you know, but you can still play with her. Nope. Not going to protect her. <laughs> Just don't want anything to do with it. But if it's a boy, they want to wrestle already. Yeah. So they're big wrestlers. <laughs> so you have an almost five year old mm-hmm. and then your, your second is two and a half. Two and a half. Yes. Okay. So that's a good little age gap. They're, they'll all be the exact yeah. age difference apart. How the heck did you plan that? I don't even know. Just timing's everything, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so the Bamboo Baby Boutique in LeClaire, I fell in love with when I first came. That would have been a year ago, yeah. Christmas time-ish, and we did a My Favorite Things segment. And at the time, I was pregnant, so I was unstoppable in there <laughs> because you have so many cute things. Tell me, um, tell me how long the boutique's been around. So this June, it'll be two years. Fantastic. Yeah, it seems like we've been around forever, but it also seems like, oh, that's it. I mean, you know, it just kind of is that mixture of feelings about it, so... Well, it's and fun. you've just taken home an esteemed award. Tell me about this yeah. Golden Pineapple Award. I know. So over the weekend, we had the LeClaire Chamber annual dinner. Yeah. And um, about a month before, we get an email, and anybody in the LeClaire Chamber gets this email. So um, there's several nominations that they have, and we were nominated for the Golden Pineapple Award, which is basically like a hospitality, you know, customer service type Oh, nice. Representation of LeClaire's vibe, I guess. And um, so, yeah, we we got the award. Way I to work the vibe. I Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of, I'm not a, I don't know, getting up in front of people, public speaking. This this is a comfortable Glad situation. Glad you have me on the podcast. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> but I could def- never, never be on your bike. Just, it just kind of gets your heart pumping a little bit. So... Gosh, when she was listing off who was nominated, my heart just boom, boom, boom. It just, <laughs> I can't even control my nerves. Well, hey, and I don't even have to say anything. Like, I literally had to go up, smile, take an award, and walk back to my seat. <laughs> Honestly, though, I mean, who wins that kind of award, um, you know, with less than two years under their belt? Like, that's a huge success story for a small community yeah. that's really built on small businesses. Yeah. That's really very cool. No, it was really cool. And it's, it, I'm, know pretty proud about it yeah it's very cool because that's awesome you know I want people when they are in my store and when I'm not necessarily in my store but just that feeling that that's what I represent to feel that you know of so course. so I'm happy that it's portrayed that way so so we always get started here on the podcast with some wins and fails for the week so yes. I will start with mine okay. um and I just think these, it's two just short little stories for my win of the week. So my win is just like, Abram is just so funny. And I love just hearing the little things that, um, that uh, come out of his mouth. So recently his, his two few little things that he's been saying is no matter what song comes on the radio, he'll scream from the back seat. (laughs) It's our song. Mom, it's our song. (laughs) He doesn't know what that means. And it's usually like some song that should not be our song, you know, because I don't usually censor what I play on the radio for him. Um, (laughs) But I just think it's cute because he's, you know, he wants to listen to our song. So the other um, cute thing that also does not reflect well on me as a parent (laughs) is that sometimes just on Saturday or Sunday afternoons, if we're all just kind of like, chilling around the house and the kids are playing and I'm just trying to wash some dishes or whatever. 
I'll turn on some programming that's specific to me, and so we'll watch some Vanderpump Rules. And my husband's the kind of guy who pretends he doesn't like Vanderpump Rules, but then he's like, why is Lala doing that? You know, like, <laughs> as we're watching. Um, so sometimes now Abram will be like, Mommy, can I watch a show? And I'll say, sure, what show do you want to watch? Let's watch a mommy show, which means Vanderpump Rules. Oh, so sometimes okay. he asks to watch a mommy show. Hooking him yeah. young. <laughs> So yeah. Oh my goodness. My children now ask for Vanderpump rules. <laughs> I think that's a total win. That seems like a win to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Better than uh, you know, let's watch uh what's that one? Teepy toe or Oh my gosh, mm. any yeah, Tayo. Tayo. Little bum bum. Oh my god. Yeah. So mm-hmm. much Mom win for yeah. sure. That I figure. Yeah. <laughs> Vanderpump rules. And he kinda sings the theme song a little bit, which is also hilarious. Oh, I love that. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules? Occasionally. Okay. I want you In on your maternity leave. Tayo. I want you to really dedicate yourself to it. Okay. Okay. Dig, okay. Into, dig into the mommy I show. I will. I'll give you the dish. <laughs> okay. What'd you do well this week? So, you know, it's more of a general one. Yeah, that's cool. Because every night we have dinner together. So the four of us are, and I briefly was telling you how dinners are a disaster usually at the house but we have one good part is the boys will sit down and they'll look at each other they'll look at me they'll look at dad and each time they'll say how was your day daddy oh how was your day mommy how was your day brubber <laughs> it's so cute so that that's so a really sweet. sweet moment amongst the eat your food come back in here on your butts Sit on your butts. Oh, I completely threatened my five-year-old about the whole sitting on his knees thing. Oh. I told him that he was going to walk like a penguin. And did that work? He now tells Kellen, my younger one, that he needs to sit down or he's going to walk funny. <laughs> Maybe that's my mom that's win. That's a total win. Would that be my mom win? Absolutely. Okay, I like yeah. it. <laughs> I think the, the pleasantries at the dinner table are also a win. <laughs> But yeah, when you can convince them that that permanent lifelong disfigurement oh, is, a, is yes. a real consequence. I even related it to a kid I knew, like in elementary school, oh, who swear, to swear he, I, I remember him telling us this. Yeah, like, yes. well, here's what happened it's to me. It's a real kid moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to sit on my knees. Don't let what happened to Timmy <laughs> happen to you. Mm-mm. He was the laughing stock of the third grade with oh, those knees. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so um, my mom fail for the week. Um, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a total fail on my part, but let's just say. So I I talk about my love for Costco quite a bit on this podcast, and I've talked a lot about my um, my uh, dilemma and the debacle of the freeway frenzy that Santa bought for Abram. So it was like this big like car platform that we got from Costco. Abram knew that it came from Costco because (laughs) he would talk about it before Christmas as the airport from Costco. He wanted the Costco airport for Christmas. (laughs) Um, So he got the airport from Costco and then there were some issues with some parts and I'm not going to go through the whole saga, but basically, so the people at Costco helped us out to like get a new freeway frenzy. And so the other day we walked into Costco and the lady who helped me came up to me and Abram and she said, how do you like the car ramp that you got from here? And Abram looked at her deadpan and he goes, Santa brought it for me. 
And the lady oh. freaked out. And she was like, of course, absolutely. <laughs> like she's looking at me with panic, like <laughs> sirens in her eyes, like help me, bail me out of this situation. I was like, yeah, Santa, obviously. And, and Abram just looked at her like, Lady, you're wrong about what has happened here with the car ramp. <laughs> I mean, it didn't ruin anything. Yeah. He doesn't really care. But just something about the look on his face and the seriousness with which he delivered it. And then the panic of the lady. It, yes. Was <laughs> She's so like, I ruined great. it for this. I think she was genuinely felt terrible about it. And I, I would have felt terrible, too, if I were her. But, like, really, honestly, it was fine. Yeah. But it was hilarious because Abram was like, no, Santa brought that for me. <laughs> Correction. <laughs> so, yeah. At our house, I think we're just going to have to accept that Santa and Costco are inextricably linked. They are one. They are one. Later. And that's fine. It doesn't take away the magic of Christmas. Nope. Why can't Santa get appropriately priced products? <laughs> Why can't he? <laughs> and large quantities, exactly. quantities of food. <laughs> yeah. He could be a member. The same. He's probably an executive member. That's <laughs> the extra perks. Okay. Do you have any fails from this week? So <laughs> I always feel guilty, and I can't think of one specific situation. Okay. And I'm going to chalk that up to pregnancy brain. It's, it's real. It's real, and I think it gets worse each child. Really? It's been bad. Terrible, terrible. But my heart just completely breaks, you know, when you raise your voice a little too mm-hmm. loud. Mm-hmm. And Which I cannot picture you doing, but go oh on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's very sweet of you, but it happens. <laughs> and that's probably why I can't think of one specific situation, because it happens, you know, that's on the okay. frequent. So anyway, it just breaks my heart that I that that happens, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, there's some points where you're, you know, you say it as nice as you can, and, you know, you go through the whole talking it out, and then it just blows over, and it's happening again. Anyway, so that totally breaks my heart, but I kind of have a funny one. Okay. A funny mom fail. Let's hear it. So, a couple months ago, we were in a very minor car accident, little fender bender, fender bender. And my son, my older son, he is a car guru. Oh, okay. I've got one of those. Oh, my gosh. Just any car he ever sees, he will say, that looks like grandma's car. Okay. That is, is that daddy? Is that daddy's car? Like, he knows, like, make, like, he just knows cars. So, anyways, we get into this little fender bender with a Tesla. I'm like, good pick, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. now, every single time we see a Tesla, oh, no. he hollers from the back seat, hey, mom, don't hit that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even kidding gosh. you. He tells me, and I'm like, what? And I, sure enough, there's a Tesla <laughs> behind us. Hey, mom, don't run into that Tesla. Oh, that's so, hilarious. Yeah. Thank goodness there's not that many boss. Teslas around here. Oh, well, I feel like there is because he spots them everywhere. Oh, I don't know how this kid does it. That's hilarious. Anyway, yeah. Well, don't go hitting like a 2012 Toyota Camry because you're going to really hear about that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So oh, anyway. my gosh. That's I know. so funny. Yeah. Just. And also rude. Very rude. Yeah, he's a rude backseat driver <laughs> oh for sure. God. All the time. Just so much shade coming out God. of it. Don't hit that. that <sighs> That kid's got the tood, for sure. Gosh, that's hilarious. 
Um, so I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about how this third pregnancy is going for you. And I also want to explore more about the business. And I also, I feel like you're going to be the person to really guide us on the the stuff. You know what I mean? Like the, <laughs> I like stuff, the stuff we need for baby, the mm. stuff, the new and hot stuff we might not know exists at the moment. And, um, the stuff that you maybe are bringing home from the store and like hiding away as inventory when it's actually going to go into your own closet, yes. you know? So we're going to yes. talk about all those things. So okay. let's begin um, with the business. So why did you want to start the boutique in the first place? So it started off, it was really just like a small conversation that my husband and I had. We, anytime we visit LeClaire as before we moved there, it was just always a fun place to go. And anytime we were traveling, you know, leading up to having children, well, pregnancy, and then during, um, we'd always look for those cute boutiques. I like different things. Yeah. You know, I love to get special things from that special store. And, you know, so it kind of, it was a conversation that just went from really talking about it to my husband just looking me, looking at me and saying, you could do this. Wow. And he was really like a big, I don't want to say a pusher in a bad way, but just a big like driving force of you could do this. You would be great, you know, this and that. And you just, sometimes you don't think of yourself as doing a certain thing. Yeah, of course. But then when someone sees you, sees it differently, you're like, could I, you know? And so we just started doing some research and it just kind of snowballed from there, of course. So was it always yeah. um, an idea to do like a baby and children's? I or? would, yeah. I think it was. It was always that. Yeah, okay. it was never any any sort of other sort of business venture. That was really weird. That's like weird feather like <laughs> fell. Okay, it like popped out of your coat. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it just kind of that was always what was that that like little. Okay. What was your background was in so before fun. opening the business? So I feel like I've had about five lifetimes of jobs. I, um, of course, as a young age, worked retail here and there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your first job as a 16-year-old at the mall. But um, I worked at a salon for a really long time. And for most of the time, I was um, a massage therapist. And so at around the age of 24, 24, 25, I started to get really bad shoulder issues, yeah, um, which turned out to be just something that I'd have to take time off work. It'd get better. As soon as I jump back into doing it, it'd get worse. So it kind of gave me that reflection of, okay, I'm 25. The longevity of this probably isn't going to happen as I had planned. And so um, we started looking at some different really career options, going back to school, like just yeah. those kinds of things. And once again, my husband's pretty much supportive in any crazy idea I might have, which is a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I decided to um, um, go back to school and um, I went for um, the veterinary field. So I worked at a vet clinic and I was a um, assistant there and... It was really fun. And then when we had Camden, so five years ago now, when I went on maternity leave, I just had some moments where I don't want to go back yeah. to work. You know, I think everybody, I mean, I don't think there's a person that's like, I don't want to go back to work. Right. And once again, 
my husband's like, well, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out for you not to. And I'm like, what? You know, really? So we, I stayed home until I opened the boutique. Okay, very yeah. cool. So it was a really fun time to stay home. And there are days I miss it, but I love, love that I can still have them at work with me. And that was another wonderful perk of this kind of a business is, yeah. hey, having your kid at, a, at work is not like the weirdest thing. <laughs> no, not at all. Almost a requirement. Uh, it's, it's almost a requirement. Exactly. So yeah. So that's how it kind of all, yeah. So for people outside the Quad Cities, so LeClaire is like this little, little uh, town along the Mississippi River. And it's just, it's just known for its walkable little street and there's wineries and distilleries. And it's just the kind of place where when your family comes into town, that's yeah. where you take them because it's just the perfect place to walk around and have a lunch and whatever. And it's just, it's made up of all these little niche little boutiques and stuff. So I almost would feel like that would be an intimidating place to set up shop because sure. it has such this reputation sure. of being, you know, the cutest stores with the cutest, most unique stuff. Sure. I guess I never thought of that. Well, good. Yeah. <laughs> See, I automatically think of all the things that like intimidate me and uh, all the sure. reasons why I couldn't do it. You okay. know what I mean? It's like, no, you have to be very cute to set up a cute boutique. You yeah, know what I, mean? I, I guess I've well, never I'm had that thought. Well, see, I'm glad that your brain doesn't go to these negative places. That's in a some good cases, thing. it always does, but in this particular one, no. <laughs> well, so you found like the perfect spot. We've that like that spot, little yeah. that little house up on the hill. It's yes, so cute. It's the cutest house. Yes, it really, really is. And there's a little little park back there, and yeah, it's really it really is a good setup for sure. And, and it does feel like you are going into a house. Like it's yeah, it like does. you're not going into this breakable boutique. And I love it when people are like, "Oh my gosh, don't break anything." I'm like, "Oh, can't happen. <laughs> can't happen." <laughs> so, what was the biggest challenge for you in then getting started? The biggest challenge. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, there weren't any too many big roadblocks. I think the biggest one was more the legal stuff. Okay. And just other, on the other end, just the timing of filing and that kind of thing. Yeah, for, that's, that stuff scares me too. Yeah. But, you know, I had a really good, two really good mentors who kind of helped me and gave me like the step-by-steps. And um, so for someone who was literally green in this whole making your starting a business thing, yeah. it really gave the check marks. I was just like, okay, do that first, do that first. And so like, yeah, that was, and you know, I'm still learning. There's so many times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot to do that or yeah. whatever the case could be. And the one part of the time of year I don't like is tax season. Oh yeah. Getting all that no, stuff together that. is not fun. Okay. Well, so. it's like happening in two months. So I know. bless you. I know. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so you, you find this perfect location and it's um, it's all empty. And now you have to fill it with mm. all of these perfect little odds and ends and baby clothes and all this stuff. I mean, how, how did you even get started with finding all of these items? I kind of started with my kids' stuff because of the these fun toys that we got at these special boutiques in Wisconsin or wherever it was. And... The, some clothes that were special clothes that just, you know, those that's where I started. And then I started looking more into the brand and their availability and also 
how um, saturated they were in the market mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff and um, just kind of went from there. And then once you know how Facebook listens to you. <laughs> so when it listens to you, you start getting all these pop-up ideas. Yeah. And so, yeah, it just kind of... I've, Last year, actually, this time last year, I went to my first um, trade show. Oh, cool. But other than that, it's just been kind of me just seeing seeing things on Instagram and, you know, Googling stuff and just things kind of snowball when you take it from there and then just looking at, you know, doing all of them. <laughs> well, Buying so something. Ooh, I really like this. Okay, let's see if we can get this in the store. So one thing that you have that I um, really love is your soft jammies. And so this year I bought yes. um, some family Christmas jammies. Yes. And so you remember the day that I came in and <laughs> I bought some for myself and I bought some for the two boys. And I think we had a brief conversation that was like, you know, I just don't think Turner will be into it and it's fine. It's no big deal. And yep. within two weeks I was ordering some... <laughs> Extra large. Hey, Sarah, can you get me a of men's? Family, yeah, men's jammies, so. And that's what I yeah. tell, it's like, when someone puts those on their body, it's uh -huh. over. Yeah. It's over. He's into it. He's All into right. it now. Does he still wear them? Uh, no, I did put them away in our, like, Christmas box, oh, okay. you know what I mean, yep, just yep. for safekeeping. Yep. <laughs> um, so now as you head here into um, baby number three, yeah. What are some, like, items that you are going to have to have? Because you already have all the stuff, obviously, yeah, but, like, yeah. how do you, I mean, But, of course, you, you need new stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of, like, that's why this, this particular uh, business is a <laughs> yeah. great thing. It gets my shopping mm -hmm. for other people. And so I don't shop so much for myself, but I kind of do in the same way. Oh, yeah. How but, no, as far as, like, Things go like there's. I really, really love those. Um, they're kind of the co-sleeper things. The um, can I say the name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> the Dakatats. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I've heard good things about those. Okay, I've never used one of those, I but yeah, I know either. they're like wildly popular. And you know, from my second, who's two and a half, to now, these knotted gowns are. Just oh, like yes. literally the rage. Also bought one there. from you. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like one of those mm -hmm. things. It's like, you know, it's ever changing. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where in the sense of buying all new, it'd be really fun to have a girl because then it'd be like a legit excuse. A like, too. okay, I mm -hmm. have to get new things. <laughs> well, so, and I don't know if this happened with your two boys, but right now I am just in a major seasonal, um, seasonal clash with Abram's clothes and Everett oh, yeah, sizes. Oh yeah, terrible. Because when Abram was in like the twelve to eighteen month phase, it was summer. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was very cute to like buy him a lot of baby tank tops. <laughs> so now Everett Has entering the twelve month, eighteen month stage yeah. has nothing. Yeah. I mean, I've got armless sleeveless rompers for days but i have throw no... a long sleeve shirt underneath <laughs> i mean but they have like umbrellas all over them i mean like it's beachwear beach all sure. over the place so yeah so i'm in a conflict so regardless there's re there's still reason to of purchase course more and items. you know that's the one thing is i had two winter babies okay okay so and that is one of those things that really regardless clothing wise we are going to need to completely start over 
because we had two winter babies. So all the newborn stuff, all the, everything pretty much until six months is winter. Yeah. And we're going to be having this baby in July. Okay. Yeah. So we can't be bundling them up. So that's another, I think with this pregnancy, that's like the one thing that I consistently think of, like, what do I do with a summer baby? Well, and I don't want to um, be the one to tell you, but summer pregnancies are harder than winter ones. Are they? When you're when you're in like the major last yeah. days, and I know. it is hot. Mm. I've had I've had one of each. When I've had was... a summer pregnancy and a winter one, and the winter one was by far easier than the summer so one. So Abram, yeah. Was... So he was born in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Everett was yes. a January. Yes. So the bulk of Everett was in the winter time, and the bulk of Abram was in the summertime. So we were similar because I had mm-hmm. Kellen was October. Okay. So I did go through the summer. I mean, well, I mean, see, for me, was I was like a finger sweller and a foot sweller. Yeah, you know, you know I, it was weird. I was really dreading that. I swelled worse with my winter baby. Weird. I wonder why. I don't know. Okay. It didn't make any sense to me at all because I literally <laughs> thought this was going to be like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so thankfully, I don't no. know what I did differently at all. Yeah, no, I had the ankles no from hell with Abram. It was bad. Oh, it yeah. was like 20 weeks on, I wore gym shoes. Oh, I wore tennies. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. But it is a bad feeling when you're yeah. all swollen and yeah. not feeling well, so great. Because <laughs> when you wear 20 tennies for like 20 weeks of your pregnancy, and then you come back to work and you wear some more tennies, people are like, are you pregnant again? Like, get some shoes. <laughs> What are you doing? It's like, no, I just thought they were nice. People are like, it's time to move on. It's time to be a professional again, this lady. (laughs) No, right? Coming back at, that's... No. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So tell me, how has this pregnancy been going? How has it been different for you so far? Everything's been different. Really? Yes. Boys, the boys, and once again, I do not know gender of this baby Mm -hmm. yet. But with the differences, I feel like it is a girl. Okay. However, that could mean nothing right. at all. I was a lot sicker. I was okay. not sick at all with the boys. Like, nothing. The only time I'd feel like, oh, I need to just eat something quick. That's it. Yeah. This time around, no appetite, sick. So that's been different. Yeah, that is different. And it's not fun. I'd love to have all. no appetite, though. That's been it, probably a gift. So <laughs> it's so strange because I'm like, you know, I think at this point, I probably had gained about ten pounds with my boys. Yeah. And yeah, with the no appetite, it's kind of a like I never thought I'd be saying like, "Am I gaining enough?" Because usually that's not a problem. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> so yeah, it, that's been really different. Okay. And kind of also. I feel concerned about it. The doctors don't. So yeah. no no big deal there. But okay. it's kind of like, okay, I'm not really hungry. So, yeah, that's the only biggest difference. I feel like I'm still kind of growing in the same way. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Okay. It's just, it's definitely different. Does it, um, like, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Uh, does it... <sighs> I forgot to scratch this question. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Um, anywho. So you um, you finally came out and made your announcement not too long ago yes. on Facebook. And it was um, last week. Yeah, so yeah. How, many, um, how many weeks was that for you? Uh, I was at 16 weeks. Okay. Yep. It was right after our 16-week appointment. Okay. 
just kind of, you know, hearing that heartbeat and mm -hmm. it was just good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you, um, did you wait a little longer after having a loss? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Definitely. There's still some, it, it's, it's a really weird feeling. It's a very, like, you want to be so excited and just have that warm, fuzzy feeling, but yeah. then you still kind of go back to your your loss, and that is that is hard because everything's fine, you know? Mm -hmm. Everything's fine. There's no needs, no reason to worry or whatsoever, but I think that kind of trauma just, it sticks with you, yeah. and no matter how much you know everything's fine, it's still there, so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it is a trauma, Yeah, sure. yeah. My husband was sweet. He got me a home Doppler. Oh, so that was nice. So that was really, like, one of those moments where I'm like, okay, so every night, every night, yeah. it's my bedtime ritual. <laughs> Wash my face, get in bed, listen to the heartbeat. So oh. it's, yeah, it's definitely a peaceful feeling to have that sound before you go to bed. <laughs> so let's go back to, yeah. um, to what happened. So I guess, where do we start? Yeah, I mean we find out we're pregnant with baby number three and everything's just as is, you know, just, hey, mm -hmm. number three, here we go. We know what to expect. Everything's feeling normal. I'm ravenously hungry, you know, all the things. And we had our, our first appointment. It was like a little later than normal, not for anything other than just you know, we'll go at our 12-week yeah. appointment, it'll be fine, and whatever. And so we were really excited, of course, and we took the boys because they were real excited. I mean, yeah. we just, it was kind of a comfortable pregnancy. It really was. It was just, I told every, I mean, I felt like there was just so many, my guard was 100% down. And I think that's what also kind of struck me hard, too, is... When we got to that appointment, you know, the first thing they do is an ultrasound, and we get there, and I feel for the ultrasound techs who have to deal with this side of things because it's got to be the most gut-wrenching thing to ever have to tell anybody. And um, I remember it. They just said, baby's measuring smaller. So my mentality is like, oh, so we're just going to change the due date. Yeah. No, nothing. And I mean, the boys were there probably distracting me from maybe what wasn't being seen, which was a heartbeat. And um, so when things kind of hit us, it was my husband instantly was devastated. And I think I was just kind of like, wait, what? What's yeah. going on? So it just kind of went from there. And so at that point... What did, what did they tell you in that moment? They just, well, in that moment, they what they were seeing was a lot of fluid. Okay. So there was just a lot of fluid, and that's really all that she would say. And, of course, she was yeah. saying how sorry she was. And I'm like, well, like, I'm still at this right. point, like, why are you so sorry? You know, like, I'm like, this can be fixed. Like, here, I'm just like, it's good, you know. So at that point, you know, we spoke with a doctor and... That's where it just kind of all got fuzzy a little bit because mm -hmm. 
I do remember a moment in that doctor's office where I did. I felt like I was going to pass out, and it was just kind of an out-of-body feeling. It was just like, wait, what are we talking about doing right now? And, you know, because, of course, we had to have surgery for removal. I mean, it just was just that just nothing you ever want to feel or hear or do or anything. And so at that point, you know, we went home and I was going to go to work. I was like, Hmm. my husband told me not to. He said, no, I'll go to the store. I'll put clothes sign on the door. You're not going to work. You can't. And I'm just like, at this point, just not even accepting the fact that this is happening or, you know, I still feel exactly how I felt when we walked into that doctor's appointment. There was no different feeling I had. I still was wearing maternity. I mean, just like all those things. Yeah. So we took the day, and I don't know if there was ever a time where it hit me that day. And it was the beginning of the summer, and I do remember my husband just saying to him, like, we're sitting there, and I'm like, let's go do something. Like, I just think I was just in that moment where it's like, why are we sitting here? Mm-hmm. Why? And the day is so clear to me, so completely clear. I mean, we, we went to Lowe's and bought flowers to plant. But now looking back, I'm like, you know, maybe that was a special thing that we did for just kind of that, maybe a memory. I don't, I don't really know, like, what, what my body was doing mm-hmm. or what my brain was making me do. It was just kind of a surreal feeling. So, you know, we had our appointment at the hospital a few days later. And I think that was probably, I don't want to say one of the hardest because even the days up leading up to it, everything still felt fine. And I really started getting angry at my body because it was not showing any signs of, hey, something's wrong at all. And that's where I was just questioning so many things. I'm like, why? If, yeah. if my, if something was that wrong, cause at the ultrasound, it, um, we were what would have been 12 weeks and at the growth of the, um, fetus, it was 10 weeks. Okay. So I just, I kept having this question is why has it been two weeks and I still feel everything I have felt. Why? Like, there was so many whys. Yeah. But no answers either. You know, no answers I wanted to hear anyway. And so, yeah, just kind of went from there. And, you know, afterwards, it, it's just very, it's just such a weird, like, thing that we went through. Because it almost doesn't, it feels like a lifetime ago also. Okay. It doesn't even feel like it was, any, it was less than a year ago. So um, with the procedure, they have to send tissue to um, pathology. And that's when things kind of went from bad to worse because when they got the pathology back, they noticed some abnormalities. And um, that's when we found out that it was a, they termed it a partial molar pregnancy. Okay. Which never, ever heard that term. I had never heard of that term before. I mean, it was just kind of one of those things. And so here we are again. Why? Like, why does, why did this happen? 
you know, like, then you, of course, automatically question, like, what did I do something to cause this? So what does it mean? So a partial molar or any, so there's two that they can say. There's either a partial molar and there's a complete molar. Um, As far as a partial molar means that um, just that it wasn't complete. And so, therefore, the tissue um, that is in there. So it's only something that grows in the placenta. And that's when it, like everything just kind of doesn't even seem like it's a real thing that happened because Mm -hmm. they then were saying that the treatment that I had to potentially go through was going to be for cancer treatments. Okay. So in order to determine whether I needed that or not was weekly blood tests. Um, cause so yeah, so like partial molar just means cancerous tissue Okay, could grow if that, and it's still kind of an odd thing to even say. So, um, afterwards weekly, I had to go and get, um, blood draws to make sure my pregnancy hormone, my HCG levels were going down as they needed to, since no pregnancy was there. Um, and I did that until it hit the number they wanted to see, which was negative, which took forever. And <laughs> I think it took me three months for it to, oh my gosh, yeah, you're going in weekly? weekly, the reminder weekly. It was, wow. yeah, it was not fun. It, it was truly, I've never, it just drug through the mud. Like you're just like, come on, I want to move on from this. Mm-hmm. I want to. I can't. You just mm-hmm. can't. And so once you reach that point of negative, then you go three months, once a month. And if everything still looks great, that's when you can start to conceive again mm-hmm. and, or start to try to have a um, get pregnant again. And so, yeah, that was definitely emotional time for, yeah. for us. And... Um, Scott, he truly, my husband, Scott, he's just one of those guys. He's just there, you know, which you expect that of your husband, but you have those crazy moments where you're just, you know, just hysterical and he's just him being there was just the best. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just, oh, it's kind of crazy to think about that. That was, um. Not that long ago. I mean, summer. So, um, and it's it's easy to look at it now and just say, okay, you know, we got through it. But during, it was just this constant worry of, oh my gosh, am I going to have to, is this going to not progress the way we want it to? Is things not going to go down the way we want it to? And now I'm going to be taking, having cancer, or it was... um, chemo treatments. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am 33 years old. I am not. No. You know, it just kind of, it was such a ang- out anger. So angry. And yeah, just. So you didn't end up having to no, go that route. thank God. It came no. back and, and. All, it turned out in the best way possible. Yeah, we, we, um, actually our last, um, negative blood draw would have been early October. Okay. And we found out we were pregnant 
mid-October. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we were, we did go against the rules because <laughs> we weren't supposed to try to conceive um, before our last negative blood draw, but it was kind of one of those things that was timing everything and I'm like, it's either we can try this. And, you know, once you go through that kind of a procedure, you're like, is it even going to happen? I mean, sure. geez. Sure. You don't know. Anyway, so. Let's yeah. go back to that day in the doctor's office. Yeah. I remember um, you told me, you know, you you brought your boys because, yeah. like. This is a joyful is, moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did you handle it with them? Uh, that's probably what is going to. That gets me the most for sure because an honest four-year-old you know that's all I can really say yeah is he will what you know he's just, just so like blunt about everything that he that day mommy why are you and daddy so sad and he you know and he kept saying like okay baby's in heaven now and you know we were of course telling him that and that's what I think was probably the worst of it all is seeing like him have to him experiencing that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and so that just was a fly by the seat of your pants conversations because you never knew when he was going to ask about it you just didn't like there was yeah. no warning no warning at all and I felt like the um, first maybe week, first week or so, or the week after, um, he was asking daily and, you know, he was so sweet about it too, in the same way, like, just like what was wrong with, you know, what was wrong and why are we not going to have that baby? And like just so many other things. And, you know, we obviously kept reassuring him that, you know, if, God didn't, God wants healthy babies and this baby wasn't healthy and therefore, you know, baby's in heaven now, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, how, I mean, you can't, it's going to keep it so simple without yeah. losing it yourself. And, um, anyway, so yeah, that was hard. Our, I guess, thankfully our two-year-old was Two years old. Actually, he wasn't even two then. Yeah. He was a little over a year and a half. So he just, he had no clue. Right. Still doesn't, you know, about that particular situation. And so, but, you know, every now and then, like, he will. He's such an intuitive little boy that he will say something about our loss. And it just, it does totally catch you off guard. But, you know, now we can speak about their, you know, now what's happened, you know. And and so it just kind of comes full circle in this situation. But that was tough, tough. And, gosh, it just, I feel like no one should ever have to Mm -hmm. explain that to a child. And not that me saying that will ever change that, but it's just heartbreaking for sure. So then how did you approach it now? We, so we um, didn't tell them for a while. We waited till our ultrasound because at that point in the ultrasound, 
if there was going to be anything in this situation or comparable to our last situation, um, it was going to be apparent then. So we knew there, of course, we asked so many questions about, like, are you sure? (laughs) Are you guys sure? And so that's when, you know, we told them. So they were pretty excited. And, you know, I think as attention spans of two crazy little boys, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Um, But they're excited. And, you know, they always poke my belly now and say, baby in there but yeah of course there's other bumps too so my two-year-old pokes those and what's in there <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> what's in that yeah they definitely can make a mm-hmm. situation be <laughs> turn it into laughter <laughs> but you walk into that um into that 12-week ultrasound all over again you, yeah. you walk in there a, a changed person totally. you don't you don't walk in there no ever the same again no not at all and you know I think that was another reason why my husband got that home Doppler is because I was because when we found out of our loss it was 12 weeks and so it just kind of was interesting I pay attention to dates a lot and when we were when the um, baby we lost the due date was when we were 12 weeks with our current pregnancy. Oh, wow. So it was like that week was so, I don't even, I can't even like say what it felt like. It was just an odd feeling of what if, mm-hmm. but look now, like just yeah, so weird. And so there, and I originally was like, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm just going to, you know, but then... I'm going to try to avoid that date. That date, I just want to go away. I don't want to think about that date. And as I started feeling better emotionally, I was like, you know, this just, you got to remember these things. And so it did hit me a couple times during that week of our due date that, you know, this isn't what's happening now. And, but then to be happy about you know, what we can expect. It was definitely a strange time. It was mm-hmm. just strange. It just, I don't even know. These two major emotions just, colliding. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably what's been even one of those other differences in this pregnancy is it's taken me a lot longer to, I don't want to say be happy about it, because I, of course, am happy about it, but just to accept that it's healthy. You know, like I just, you, we talked earlier about like negative thoughts. Like this is like my bad area. Yeah. Like I have so many negative thoughts. And um, so that's what has, it's just, I, and I hate that feeling of just, I'm typically a pretty positive person. And so when I have those negative thoughts about certain things with, this in mind, it just, mm-hmm. it, that eats me up a little bit. So it's starting to come to light much more Yeah, daily, you know, but, um, yeah, just kind of crazy. Well, it makes you, <laughs> I mean, sometimes do you wonder if you'll ever feel totally secure in this, you know? Yeah. Probably like. Well, I will say this. So, um, while we were going through, you know, our emotional distress, I guess you could say, 
is um, weekly I'm talking to a nurse about my results, but I'm also talking to her about this feeling I have. These, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm angry. I, you know, just, I really, I was not even sad. I was was so angry. Yeah. And it was starting to affect, like, how I was as a mom. Like, I was so short-tempered. And, like, just anything. Just, just things weren't right. And so, you know, I did, after a little while, I finally was like, okay, I got to just figure something out to just, if anything, take this edge off until we know everything is okay. And so, you know, I had some help with, uh, I think it was anti-anxiety medication or something Mm -hmm. like that, that really did help. But it was just, you know, getting to that point. I know you've talked about it before. Getting past that, like, denial of, I need this. Mm -hmm. And then when you, it was like an almost a night and day difference. Like the moment it's like, it was just like, okay, I feel like I can start healing myself and knowing that it's not, everything's doom and gloom here. And so, yeah, that was, that was a good thing. And, you know, just kind of coming to that realization that we were going through this temporary Mm -hmm. (laughs) rough patch. And then all the while, you're in a baby store. Yeah. I mean, that can't be understated because, I mean, it is, you're going in for these weekly blood draws. Yeah. You're in a baby store. I know. It's everywhere. It is everywhere. all day. Yeah. My mother-in-law had mentioned several times to my husband, is she going to be okay going to work? And I'm like, yeah. Why would that be a concern? You know, it's, it's work. It's what I do. Why would it be a concern? Mm-hmm. Just because this terrible, like, this thing is happening to me doesn't mean I can't be happy for someone else. You know, that's totally not the case, you know? Yeah, it's all easier said than done, though, too. You know, the days that were hard were the day I had my blood draw and the day after when I'm, like, waiting by the phone for the, for the results. Okay. Those were the hard days. Those were my breakdown days. <laughs> so I had many of every, pretty much every single week I would call my husband and it was like a silent sob, like, you know, just, I can't do this, you know, just hearing mm-hmm. me, you know? And so, yes, it was hard. It was hard, but I think also keeping myself busy was, sure. you know, I think we just, you go through the motions and you have your, your breakdown moment and you're like, you can't do this, and then something happens, and you're like, okay, I can do this. And, yeah, just serious roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> How did your husband handle all of it? Because at the same mm-hmm. time, he's grieving, but yeah. without the physical mm-hmm. element of it, you know? We had that conversation a few times. Yeah. And, you know, he, the emotion hit him a lot quicker than it hit me, as, you know, kind of like the moments that we found out and, you know, he was really in that moment of why us, you know, it, all of it was why us, you know, like we wanted this baby so badly and, you know, like I think only a human being can say why, why us here, you know, why are we going through this? And, um, 
because the specific thing of a partial molar and complete molar is it's a complete freak thing. It has nothing to do with any sort of genetic. Okay. Even though it's a chromosomal, um, um, extra chromosome, it's not anything to do with his or my genetic, our DNA. Okay. So I might, and that's another question that we always have. Had we conceived the month before or month after, would this have happened? You know, all those what if and why is and this and that. And so I think that was another thing too, that, you know, when we were having the conversation, he always went to that, you know, just. It's a very like logical man. So yeah. Very, 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 but yeah. He's not a very emotional guy, but that's the most emotion I've ever seen mm-hmm. from him. And um, I think that's when it hit me harder, too, was seeing him cry and be in that really vulnerable state that I knew that he was hurting, too, and that I needed to be there for him. Mm-hmm. As much as you can say, this is happening to me physically, Totally. But he needs me there emotionally, too. And, yeah. In a lot of ways, he's he's looking to you to know how to feel on some days. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's a really, that's Mm -hmm. a perfect way to look at it because he went a lot off of how I was doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sure behind the scenes of when I wasn't around, he, I don't know. You know, it's not something that he's ever shared with me unless I actually saw him upset. So how much, um, how much of this have you shared with family or friends? I mean, did it take a while for you to let people know what was going on? So, um, of course, immediately, um, my husband was the one sharing that we had a loss and my mom was there for us in the hospital and, but in the spect- the big spectrum of things, it was hard to talk to people about it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to talk to people about a miscarriage anyway. And having this kind of whole new attachment to it that it's not like, okay, well then, you know, you'll, you'll get through this, you'll be able to, but then it's like, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But we have to, you know, and you don't want to sit there and say, you know, this is worse than, but it's that feeling of like, but we're not over it, you know? And there was my, I have an aunt who has been through this situation, not this partial molar particularly, but several miscarriages and that kind of thing. And so I leaned on her a little bit. And, you know, I think it just kind of felt like there was just this, a few people that knew we were pregnant and then sharing it with them. I, it was almost kind of like an in-the-moment feeling of, like, I feel like I can share this with that person. Or, But, yeah, it was. it is hard to talk to people about it. Not for me, because I felt like the more I talked to people about it, the better I felt. The, okay. the lighter I felt about it because it wasn't such this like emotional outburst. Sure. You know, it wasn't me keeping it all in. It was, there's something going on with me and I need to tell you if I don't, 
you know, I'm going to lose, you know. And so there might have been some people that I was talking to uncomfortable. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) here's, here it is, like word vomit, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, that's, I shared with whoever I thought needed to, I mean, maybe not necessarily needed to know, but would totally be there for me if I was having a moment that I needed just a handhold or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, yeah, not, I don't know if everybody knows. You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody knew we had a loss, but. Do you think it's a good thing that, like, so many more people are talking about yeah. miscarriage now? Absolutely. Yeah. I can't imagine not telling anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a piece of you. It always will be. I mean, you know, there's, of course, you can get real political about things and people have difference of opinions, but I think that's unfortunate that people feel that way. Um, so that I feel like it still was a life, you know? Yeah. It's a life that you need to remember and whether you got to hold its hand or not, it's still part of you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like the fact that people are being more open about it is good because it could help a lot of others who maybe don't feel like talking about it and seeing that it's, you know, Mm -hmm. enlightening in a way to have that support. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like regardless of what you went through in terms of motherhood, I mean, you know, it wasn't, you know, a loss for me, but it was, you know, this crazy postpartum thing and Mm -hmm. just the whole idea of not being alone is so huge. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's so huge to be part of a, um, you know, the whole, it takes a village concept, you know? Absolutely. Because that's the truth. It was the most isolated, lonely I've ever felt. Yeah. And I wasn't, but I was in the beginning making myself alone Mm -hmm without, with not sharing about it, with not talking to people about it. Like, you know, if I was having a bad day or if they didn't know, like, okay, you know, some of my close friends, they, you know, they knew we had a loss, but they had no idea also of what we were actually going through. And so I also felt bad not telling them because I know they would be there for me, but here I am keeping it all to myself because I don't want to you know, you have all these crazy thoughts, just don't want to burden anybody with these feelings of my own and that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. When in reality, if they're there for you, they're going to be there for you no matter what it is. So you would never (laughs) think that of someone who came to you with something, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's good that people are talking about it. So that feeling isn't there. Yeah. (laughs) What, I guess, who, I should say, was your biggest support system through the whole thing? Well, my husband, for sure. Yeah. My husband, my, my mother-in-law, my parents. Yeah. A couple close girlfriends. I had, you know, a couple close girlfriends that would just pop into the store and, you know, give a hug and you just start crying. You know, yeah. it's just kind of, but, you know... You need to cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it, you know, it was a nice handful of people. And as though I realized that, once again, that I needed to share it with more because not everybody knew that that's when it started feeling better. And, you know, that 
the amount of people grew. So, yeah. Tell me something that makes you feel powerful. <sighs> something that you do, something, something that do. you read, something that you wear. Something I wear. Something that I feel like, you know, not to just stay on this experience, but going through all of this and I f you learn, you have a whole new level of depth with, you know, your husband. Yeah. And not everything's great, but when you go through these times where it's raw, it's just not good. I mean, things could go bad real quick. And just how he just always stayed there. I mean, of course, why wouldn't he? But, you know, just like that feeling he gave me of peace and just, you know, security mm -hmm. through it all. It was that we can get through this, you know, and yeah. it's going to be fine. And, you know, that's, I think, was probably what made me the strongest, you know, because when you're <laughs> going through that kind of a emotional craziness that you can't even explain to anybody mm -mm. ever, <laughs> and now you can laugh about it because <laughs> you're like, wow, this, yeah. that was, <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's great. He just, he keeps it all together <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me. <laughs> oh, please. And then... <laughs> please. Let's see what else I have in my little questions bag of tricks here. <clears throat> um, let's see. What scares you? What scares me? Oh, my gosh. Anything happening to my children? Yeah. Jesus. I'm a crazy mom. Like... That's a good thing. Oh, my gosh. It, yeah. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm very protective, and I feel like any parent is, but oh my gosh, I just, I have these moments, and they're very unrealistic thoughts <laughs> that I'm like, okay, this probably won't happen, but stop doing that, because this could happen. <laughs> and then I have two boys who are just WrestleMania, monster truck, loving dinosaur hollering Don't boys. Don't you love it, though? It is fun. It's pretty great. You know, it was funny. At our 16-week appointment, I brought the two because my oldest didn't have school. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, come along. And um, the midwife that saw us asked the boys, are you excited to hear the heartbeat? And my two-year-old goes, <laughs> Thankfully, so she's like, oh, I have a dinosaur at home, too. And she's got, like, a little boy, like, a month or two younger. So it's hilarious. But I'm just thinking to myself, oh, my God. He's loud and just oh all God. out there. So, yeah. No, they're fun. They really, really are. <laughs> One way to make Abram really mad is to tell him he's a brontosaurus. Oh. Because he's a T-Rex bomb. Listen. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're, so, you're so handsome, brontosaurus. I'm not a brontosaurus. I'm a T-Rex. <laughs> I just love how angry it makes him. Right? It makes him so mad. Oh, gosh. I'm well, fine, Brontosaurus. <laughs> Be mad. No! <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just love it. I, I know. It's so great. Isn't it fun pushing their buttons? <laughs> I know. I know. See, that's why, why, in a way, if I did have a third, which I don't know, 
it'd be hard to say that I 100% wanted a girl because... I know. And that's... Because boys are cool. Yeah. They're the coolest. They are pretty cool. And I, that's why I'm like, I, I'm at this point where I'm like, you know, what? Uh, clearly, what is going to be is going to be. Mm-hmm. But another boy to the bunch? Hey, why yeah. not? Why not? <laughs> but then, you know, on the superficial side of things, like the bows and the... Oh, and the you've got all of it, girl. <laughs> I mean, it kills no. me a little inside every time I get some new clothing in, and I'm like, oh. I know. So, no. My husband's in desperate need of a girl, though. He wants a girl in the worst way. Oh, The see, worst I way. I love that. Yep, he does. I mean, he's kind of in the same, like, oh, yeah, add another boy to the bunch, great, but... He's like, I want a girl so bad. <gasps> oh, I hope yeah. he gets this girl. Yeah. I, I don't care about you. I hope I he know. gets this girl. I really want a girl. <laughs> I mean, who's lying here? Me. <laughs> I'm being this uh, political here. I don't care. But no, a girl would be very fun. <laughs> okay, so how many more weeks do you have to wait? Oh, gosh, too many. Oh, February 20th. Okay, all right. Ugh. You can make it a month. I know. You can make it. I up. have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have called the doctor's um, office saying, could we bump it up a week? <laughs> and no. then when I was in, and they said no, because I wouldn't be 20 yeah. weeks. And when I was in for my last appointment, I said, you know, I was hoping for, God, mm-hmm. we really want to, oh, <laughs> I've, I've tried. <laughs> well, I'm hopeful for you. Thank you so much for coming and being so honest Thank about you. what you've been through. Thank you for having me on. Honest, it was great being able to come out and share share this life experience, and I hope it maybe inspires someone else yeah. to not keep it, it to themselves and know that there's others out there going through it, even though when you feel it's no one else's. So. Well, and like you said earlier, our phones are listening to us. When you told me about the molar pregnancy, that day I went back to the station and I had all these weird like molar pregnancy no. articles pop up on Stop my Facebook. It. it was so weird. Stop. It was so weird. Yeah. Are you serious? Uh-huh. Yeah, that exact day, like within a couple hours. After no I way. Left. Yeah, it was just weird. Now I've had that just weird. happen, but not with something so like... Just something random like that, you know? Like I've had like an item pop up that I've no. never searched for, no. but not... So my, her- my phone heard me say, oh I've never gosh. heard of that before. And it was like, beep, beep. <laughs> Logged. Let's do yeah. some research for so the So weird, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is crazy. All right, so Bamboo Baby Boutique in the Claire. It's just up that hill. So you got a... Right across from Green Tree Brewery. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so grab a beer. Grab a beer. No. Grab a onesie. Bring your husband. <laughs> he goes and grabs a beer. Okay. Mama, mm-hmm. grandma, whoever, come over and shop. <laughs> yeah. You guys have the cutest stuff. Thank you. Um, shop local, everybody. And... Um, have a great day out in LeClaire and make sure to pop into Bamboo Baby. And thank you so much for listening to On a Mother Level. Please share this episode with a friend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.